0: We are going to experience a mind field repatterning session with my guest today who has discovered the healing of the mind. When the healing occurs, it comes from a level of mind, and it's a fascinating technique, and we're going to learn all about that in today's episode with Dave Cowan. Dave is the author of Dowsing Beyond Duality and also Navigating the Collapse of Time. He's here to share his wisdom with us on this quantum conversation. Dave, hello, and welcome back to the show.
1: Hi, Loren. Thank you so much for having me on again.
0: It is wonderful to have you here. We have done things with you in the past, and it's always fascinating information. You just have a, a big-picture oh. idea of the cosmos and how everything works. So we're going to get to some fascinating minefield repatterning, your healing system, which is really um how you train people to tap into the wisdom that's really held within themselves so before we get there let's take a moment and talk about the current energies there are some people that feel these energies other people may experience these energies in forms of lower density vibrations coming up to be reviewed examined and released and healed from and some feel it literally, you know, like beautiful, blissful moments. What I'm talking about is the Schumann resonance, which has uh, the frequency of the earth, and it has been vibrating and fluctuating. And recently, after hanging out at about 14 to 16 hertz, it shot up into the 90s, and just yesterday, 120 hertz. Now, these are just spikes, and they're energetic spikes, but isn't it fascinating? It really is the shift in consciousness and an indicator of this incredible light coming to our planet.
1: Indeed, and uh, I guess one of the confusing factors here is that everything seems to be happening at once, and yet we can only look at one thing at a time. And I think that gets a little frustrating for folks when they're told, look at this, look at that, consider this factor and that factor. But something inside of us is telling us, just as you said earlier, there's always a bigger picture. Right now, we are in what I would call a perfect storm. That is, we are on the planet in the eye of the conjunction of of multiple factors going on. And the changes in the Schumann wave are one, you might say, symptom of this high degree of change. And uh, before I talk about that, however, I want to really reassure everybody hearing this call tonight that no matter what is going on around us, whether we know it or we can't see it at all, we are all perfectly safe. Uh, there's nothing that can change who you are fundamentally as you are created. Not even physical death changes us. Uh, and so take heart. You know, we have a, we have a biological uh, survival reflex that, uh, you know, it's part of the fight or flight response, which I'm sure most people are familiar with, that, uh, puts us on alert when, uh, our physical form feels threatened by changes in the environment. And this has served us well throughout eons of time. Well, it's being activated now, but it's being activated by changes that are well beyond uh, the kinds of stresses that humanity has dealt with in the past. Again, we're talking about things happening on a cosmological scale. And, And frankly, there's really nothing we can do about these things. It's like you can't jump out of the way of the sun. You can't run away from galactic energy. And this confuses the body, like where am I going to go? How am I going to survive this? Where can I, you know, where's my place of safety? And I just want to reassure, reassure everyone, really, that that place of safety is within each and every one of us. And it's in that silence that we experience in moments of reverie, in moments of appreciation, when everything's going right. We have these moments of, oh, life is good and I'm safe. I would say seek out those experiences, cultivate them, and cherish them because they are your personal eye of the storm. And the storm is going to get weird. I mean, it's crazy now, and it still has to play itself out. You know, these are storms that once they begin, they have to go through their cycle. So, again, there's nothing we can do to prevent them. But we can change the way we relate to these changes and, uh, and not be triggered by what Barbara Clow called years ago, Catastrophobia. She talked about uh, a cellular memory that we all carry within our DNA going back through eons of time to our ancient uh, forebears who in the past may have gone through similar cycles of time, similar perfect storms uh, on all of these scales. And in the past, uh, some of these cycle conjunctions didn't end up so good for life on this planet, in other words, there were periods of well, we know this. Uh, geology, you know, proves this that we've had times where continents rose and mountains came out of the earth and oceans relocated and pretty dramatic stuff happens uh, when these cycles come to completion. And I think we all have a deep cellular memory of that, and uh, and of our ancestors' experiences of of that time, and it can be triggered. In these new energies that we're in now it's just a sense of foreboding like oh something big is going on around and as I dimly recall in the past it didn't work out so well well this time is a little different and uh, one of the reasons it's different is because humanity is beginning to grow up we're beginning to take a little bit more responsibility for who we are taking care of ourselves each other and the planet And we're absorbing a lot of these shock waves and influences on the level of the mind and the emotions. So these energies are coming in like vibrations. And if we weren't processing it mentally, emotionally, energetically, even spiritually, if we weren't processing it on that level, then the effects of these energies would have to be processed on the denser levels like the planet Earth, like 3rd D. So because we are absorbing it, in our fourth dimensional minds and fifth dimensional hearts you know we are taking uh note of the opportunities we have for healing on this planet and of changing within ourselves because we're doing that the earth doesn't have to take so much of a hit in other words we're absorbing this energy now with a new level of responsibility and i think perhaps the suspicion that something wonderful and amazing is going to come out of this transition, which did not necessarily come out of the previous transitions. We're having a, a precognitive moment as a collective mind here that something beautiful is about to be born. And, uh, you know, the birthing analogy, of course, is, is perfect, perfectly uh, uh, applies here because we all know that birthings uh, on a human level are often Uh, predicated by moments of terror and pain and chaos and yet the emergence of new life as a result of that is in most cases uh, far outweighs and and, uh, the pain and the misery and all that kind of fades off in the distance in the joy of, of new life so I think there's something about the fact there's so many of us here now and enough of us are taking responsibility taking the opportunity that these energies are offering us, and also perhaps intuiting that that the outcome is good, that the outcome is beautiful and wonderful, and that there really is nothing to fear. I think this is a strong indication that we are uh, we are doing well. You know, the, the doctor's report is that, you know, the mother's doing well and everything's proceeding on time. So I just want to assure everybody that, that we are safe and if you have these feelings of foreboding or or fear coming up just just remember that fear has no power in and of itself it is simply the absence of light you know you can take a single source of light and light up an entire room a candle will light up an entire room but you can't go into a lit room with a piece of darkness and make it dark the darkness just has no power to do so so again fear not Uh, We're all in this together, and the outcome is, in fact, already guaranteed.
0: Beautiful. And you repeat what we've heard from other spiritual teachers as well, this uh, guarantee of our ascension. So Uh isn't this fascinating? I know that reports have come in that uh, some are just loving it and feeling it, but there was that few and some who have that fear that comes up so it's in the cellular memory i know many of us listening to this show may recall being in lemuria and atlantis and carry that cellular memory and this is what your your work does on the planet Uh, the teachings that you offer this world the new healing modality that literally uses the level of mind for healing you are steering consciousness of sorts you're really working with intention and you're empowering it with a couple of tools so Mm -hmm. share with us about this because literally not only are you clearing bad programs old cellular memories that keep us but you're also infusing the field with this powerful intention. And this is what you call mind field repatterning. Uh uh Mm-hmm.
1: Well, it goes back to uh, an understanding that all we ever truly experience is ourselves. Uh, You know, our senses and our experiences in the world of time, space, and bodies often convinces us that we are a small, insignificant particle really in a a, and limitless universe of of, uh, of changeable forms. And it, it really is a disempowering point of view. But there comes a certain point in our lives, I, I feel, I call it flipping in as opposed to flipping out, when it, it just strikes us when the time is right that I'm not really experiencing the world out there. I'm experiencing my judgments, my beliefs, my prejudices, my conditionings of the world. And that's all within me. If I didn't have these thoughts about what the world means, uh, I would see the world uh, as a newborn babe every second. So we have this thinking mind that really is the challenge, the burden we bear at this stage of our development that convinces us that the objects that we name and label outside of ourselves have independent reality from us. And this has disconnected us from the world. It's disconnected us from each other. And it's disconnected us from that potential that we all have within to recognize the essential oneness of all of creation. So the mind is, is primary. And when I say mind, I'm not talking about the thinking mind. That, in fact, is a very small part of the total mind. The total mind uh, includes our unconscious, our superconscious. It includes all the different, uh, you might say, dimensions of awareness that we're capable of. And, uh, is, is really, uh, a universal mind. These are ideas that are quite consistent with Buddhism that, uh, also uh, teaches this idea that everything we see around us in the world is in truth mind stuff. It's the material of dreams, you might say. Once we get that, and it starts with just the idea, you know, just the concept of, oh, maybe this is all happening in my mind. <laughs> uh, once we get that, and it becomes a visceral experience that completely changes the way we relate to the world because we realize I'm really only relating to my filters about the world. And if I want to change the world, if I want to change my experience of the world, my relationships, my job, my my health, any of those aspects, really where I need to change uh, is in my own mind, my own ideas about that thing. So this whole process of flipping in is really a return to the power that we have to create our reality. It's a power that we're using all the time, but we just haven't been doing it consciously. We've been creating a world out of the unconscious content of the mind, which unfortunately contains a lot of memories of conflict and fear and separation and, and uh, all of those things that we inherit in the human drama. So we've been sort of recreating the past, uh, in the present moment, not knowing that's what we're doing, because we're relying so much on the conditioned mind to tell us what's real and what's not real. You know, about um two months ago, I had a dream. And it's one of those dreams, uh which I've been blessed with in my life, I've had about a half a dozen, I suppose, that have just been real markers, real turning points in my understanding of things. And this dream a few months ago was very short, it was actually almost like a a last-minute dream before I woke up, snuck in there by spirit. And uh, in the dream, I had driven up to this older house, and I was considering looking at it as a place to live. But I looked around the back, and the backyard, which was all enclosed in a wire fence, was completely burnt to a crisp. There was nothing in that backyard but ashes and cinders. And yet the house itself, which was right up against the backyard, clearly, was in perfect shape, perfectly unaffected. And I looked at it and I went, yeah, I could live in this place. This looks nice. This looks well taken care of. And that was pretty well it. It was more of a flash, I suppose, than a dream. But what I took away from that was that that backyard of ashes really represents the past. And the past is being burned up now in these energies. Something that in the Ayurvedic system, they call these cosmic energies that are coming in now cosmic fire, literally cosmic fire. And it's burning it up in our minds. It's burning up our beliefs, our fears, our prejudices, and the patterns that we've been drawing on to recreate the present and thus guarantee the future remains the same. And this whole idea of letting go of the past by recognizing it's just a thought, it's just a memory is very consistent with what the Mayans predicted for this time. You know, they didn't say much about 2012, but one of the things that has been recorded was that this will be the time where humanity wakes up to the uh, entitlement of being becoming conscious co-creators of realities. That's the very close uh, translation of what they were saying. In other words, they were saying that we're going to continue to do what we do, We create the outer from within. Difference being, we're going to do it consciously. We're not going to do it because we feel we have no choice. And this is what the past was. Therefore, I must continue to, you know, recreate the past. No, we're there talking about a new time wave wherein we are free from the need to associate with the past and to make new decisions about who we are, what I want to be, how I want to express in the world, and all of these things. So, in other words, we can move into the house of the present moment and be completely unaffected by the ashes of the past and begin to co-create a world together, the one that we all truly want. You know, when you look at the bad behavior of certain people and groups in the world, it really is nothing, and from Spirit's perspective, nothing but a call for love. We really all want the same thing. We want to be seen, and we want to be acknowledged, we want to be appreciated, and we want also the freedom to express and create and extend ourselves uh, through relationships and through creative endeavors and, and through, through healthy work. But uh, these are the things that we have, in a sense, denied ourselves because we felt locked stepped, uh, almost enslavement to the patterns of the past. I have no choice, I have to live this way. This is how my family has always lived. This is how my society has always lived. This is how my education tells me I must be. We're making a clean break from all of that, and I think it's amazingly exciting right now to be in this major turning of chapters, really, in the history of humanity, at the same time recognizing that a new species is being born in order to be able to do
0: this. Mm Mm-hmm. I know that we are really having to stay focused on the new creation, the patterns of perfection that we want to bring forth for new earth, and so uh, it's easy to get tempted, especially with what's outside of us. We talk uh-huh. about that all the time, but um, wow, it really is good to be creating the outer from within consciously. And we're doing it in this present moment. Okay. So then tell us a little bit more then about the healing modality then that this is based on. Sure.
1: Well, uh, you know, as you know, uh, Arena and I have been involved in healing techniques and modalities for quite a few years. We, we actually came together in our partnership through our mutual interest in quantum biofeedback which is a fairly sophisticated uh, computerized system that taps into the quantum field through, through technology and delivers information uh, at a distance and uh, et cetera. And we worked for quite a few years teaching and training in that modality. And uh, it occurred to me at one point, however, that any technology, any exterior tool that we use, uh, ultimately is an extension of a human potential just like a telephone is an extension of our ability to speak or, you know, a car extends our ability to walk this computerized system, which was able to energetically connect with the person on the other side of the world, literally and energetically um, give feedback and information as to what was going on with them is in fact an extension of our ability to do so uh, purely on the level of mind and intention. So, I suppose you could say one of the benefits of these technologies is it demonstrates these abilities to us in a very tangible way, and in a way, pulls us toward that potential in ourselves. So I did realize at one time, you know, anything this computer thing can do, I can probably do. Uh, I just need to give myself permission to do so. And it was then that I began to integrate uh, just simple, what I call classic dowsing into my personal healing practice with the biofeedback. And I found that, indeed, through, uh, in, in a sense, duplicating what this computer program was doing, but with my own words and intention, uh, that I was actually able to make those same connections, get that same degree of information, but also deliver energies to others at a distance through the quantum field. And I'll say that the pivotal aspect of this dowsing, it was pendulum dowsing, basically, that the pivotal aspect of the dowsing that I now understand that facilitates this connection is actually the spin itself. Uh, You've seen us in action when we're doing our, what we call active dowsing and we're always using a spin either to the left or the right, depending on what we want to uh, manifest. Well, that spin, which initially I looked at as just a kind of a physical feedback thing that gave you something to focus on and basically told you when the job was done. And it does perform that function, I suppose. But the spin itself, even of a tiny object like a like a pendulum, in fact, is creating a miniature vortex in space. And as it turns out, vortices and the vortex movement is a basic dynamic of creation. Whether you're talking about the spinning of electrons or the spinning of galaxies, it seems that everything that we see around us uh, basically spun out from the big bang and is continuing to move in a spiral uh, fashion i've seen pictures recently for example of of the planets around our sun we've always been taught you know that the planets rotate around the sun in a very neatly organized concentric circle kind of like the shape of a flat pancake but in fact our sun is moving at tremendous rate through space And all of the planets are following along in a spiral motion, trying to keep up with the sun. So, again, we see it all around us, this spiral motion. One of the unique aspects of the vortex is that it always creates, uh, whether on a large or small scale, a center point of stillness. Now, you could call that a gravitational still point. You could call it the eye of the storm, the place of stillness. And uh, so when you spin an object, what is implied? is a point of stillness, a gravitational point of stillness. There is a centrifugal force moving out from the center, and it's actually creating this tiny little hole in time and space. If you look at scalar theory or zero-point theory, these openings in space created by the intersection of moving fields is in fact a portal into all dimensions of time and space. There's no place in the universe where nothing happens. As the saying goes, the universe abhors a vacuum. So when we spin an object, we are, in fact, creating consciously a a, a vortex and a zero-point energy field where we can literally drop our mental intention through the spoken word into that spin, and it will pop out, like through a wormhole, it will pop out wherever and whenever in the universe you send it. So there's much more going on with the spin. I realized this because with the computer system I was talking about, they said that the quantum connection was made through the spinning electrical field of the CPU itself. So it was using the spin technology as well, uh, but electrically generated, which we can do physically. So I say classic dowsing. That's what I was using at the time because that's how I understood it worked. And basically, with classic dowsing, it's like muscle testing. You're more or less getting yes or no answers, and the value of that form of dowsing is in the quality of the questions you can ask. So if, you, if you've if you got a good line of questioning that leads, uh, let's say, sequentially to a level of causation of an issue, you can learn an awful lot through the response of muscle testing or a pendulum uh to that, that particular form. What I learned, however, uh eventually was that you could also use the pendulum in an active phase through the use of the spin. And uh, I have to credit my mentor in this field, uh Raymond Grace, in teaching me that. I went to one of his workshops years ago and again it was one of those pivotal, life changing experiences where he demonstrated the power of the mind not only to perceive situations non locally but also to affect them and really it's part of this coming into the ownership of our own co-creative potential if we if we see something at a distance like someone has a headache for example well that person is, that perception of that person at a distance with a headache is still in my mind i have agreed with the judgment that that person has a headache However, uh, if I change my mind on behalf of that person, I can actually affect their experience too, because on this level of mind, all minds are joined. So I rev up my little quantum energy (laughs) uh, generator with my pendulum, and I get it going, and I I set an intention for the release of the cause of that uh, headache at a distance, and lo and behold, uh, in most cases, there's an immediate effect. Now, one thing Raymond Grace did say about the process was it wasn't always available to us with with as much simplicity or ease as we can do it now. He said a big part of the, the change on the planet uh, occurred in the late 90s, uh, wherein Edgar Casey, back in the 30s, had predicted this would happen. He said that a new energy would come to the Earth in, he actually said, 1996-97. That would facilitate the connection of minds uh, through the quantum field, and would be a tremendous asset or boost uh, to the ascension process. What he was describing is what we now call the fifth-dimensional uh, energy grid or, or or life grid. It's uh, if you could see it, and of course it's beyond visible range of, of light. If you could see it, it's like a golden dodecahedron that arrived around the planet at that time and what that did is it set up a template of communication on a higher level where minds can now communicate and connect uh, to a degree we haven't been able to uh, before and it's a a necessary uh, part of the reconstruction of the planet and of our our ascension uh, uh, as humanity becomes consciously one you know this idea of of oneness is uh, spreading throughout the universe because, in truth, that's the only reality uh, of the universe. The, the universe consists of nothing but truth, which is oneness, and the resistance to that truth. And that's about it. So, oneness being the theme of, uh, of this universe as it returns, as we return to sanity, uh, is being facilitated or demonstrated through these different structural changes on the planet right now. Uh, Back in the 80s, a guy named Peter Russell, who calls himself a scientific philosopher, wrote a book called The Global Brain Awakens. And he was onto this back then, how that, in truth, on on that quantum or deeper level of mind, we already are connected. And if we can accept that, then we can perhaps also accept that there's only one of us here. Uh, and that the the thinking mind is the part of us that thinks differently, that has a very deep uh, investment in our separation from that mind, our separation from the oneness that we truly are. And that's the challenge. That's why I call being here, being enrolled in Earth School, because we're in a very challenging situation where part of our mind is already tapped into that quantum field. It's already, you know, never left that state of the awareness of perfect oneness and yet we as uh, as a universal species you could say chose a different path we chose a different experience we wanted to know what being separate from that oneness would be like and we found out it's not a picnic uh when you think you're on your own and you think it's up to you to struggle and survive against Uh, all odds and and billions of others who are on the same program of struggle and survival, it makes it for a very challenging experience being here in Earth School. So our job, I suppose, is to recover uh, the awareness, to integrate those levels of mind, as it were, and to become more consciously aware that we are operating on a much deeper and a much more unified um, level, at the same time as we appear to be operating in separation. One of the illustrations that works really well for me, and I think helps most people grasp the significance of this, is simply that of the iceberg. When an iceberg is floating in the water, you only see the 10% above the surface, and you might assume that's all there is. And that 10% represents the thinking mind, the part that believes it's in separation from wholeness. And it believes it's, you know, it's a little soldier on its own floating out in the ocean and has to find its own way. And it looks around and it sees all these other tips of icebergs and assumes everybody's in that same state. Completely oblivious that below the surface there's this huge 90% vast body of mind of which it's not even aware. When that tip of the iceberg looks at the surface of the ocean, all it sees is itself reflected. But that 90% of deep mind has never stopped functioning. And as a matter of fact, if it wasn't for it, there would be no tip of the iceberg. And that's that deeper aspect of mind that is still resting in the state of perfect oneness and, and resting in the same ocean that all the other icebergs are resting in too. So it's on that level that we are already all connected in that state of oneness. Now, the beauty is when we take the analogy to the point of realizing that those icebergs are in fact no different than the ocean, they're just in a different temperature range. It's all one ocean, it's made of one thing in different states, you might say, of experience, but nevertheless it's all ocean. And our destiny is to melt back into the ocean and know who that's who we are.
0: That's our destiny, yes, Mm -hmm. to melt Mm -hmm. back into the ocean. So beautifully said. I love that we are, part of our mind is tapped into that quantum field, into that oneness. Yes.
1: And I think remembering that is going to help us feel safe through these changes. Uh, Mm -hmm. Earlier, uh, you had mentioned, uh, you know, the Schumann factor and the perfect storm. And I did want to mention some of the, just to help bring this into context here, and so that we can appreciate the uniqueness of this time, some of the elements of that storm, if I may. Um, the sun itself, of course, is the primary factor that drives all life and all energy cycles on the planet. And so the sun itself is, is of course, going through significant changes. Back in the 60s, astronomers were already supposing or, or surmising from their data that the sun was getting ready to transition from a yellow to a white star. And this would be a natural evolutionary process in in stellar uh, life. But they they saw this coming with the kinds of changes that were going on. Recently, uh, I've seen pictures of the surface of the sun where, you know, when you see um, sunspots, they're just little dark spots on the sun. Well, these pictures now are showing huge chunks of the sun, like a piece of pie cut out, where the sunspot has become this huge region of darkness. And this is not usual. Uh, however, it would happen as uh, as uh, uh, as a precursor to a uh, again this type of evolutionary leap on the part of the sun. Uh, it's quite possible, and some have predicted this that this darkness this darkness on the face of the sun will envelop the entire sun, and then it'll sort of snuff out uh, for a short period, and then pop back in uh, back on like a reboot. Uh, but with a completely different vibration and a completely different look to it. Now, the significance of this is that our DNA came from the sun. Russian scientists uh, like David Wilcock has just talked about uh, have known for quite some time that DNA is, in fact, uh, a, uh, uh, a product of stellar light and stellar energy. It literally, you know, blows off the sun like pollen off of a flower. So our DNA, although we do have um, uh, DNA from other star systems intermingled now on this planet with us, is primarily solar DNA. So when the sun changes, do you think our DNA is going to have to change as well? When the sun goes into a new phase of life, do you think our DNA is going to follow suit? It seems quite logical that that would be so. Another thing that uh, is triggering us and is part of this perfect storm is our entry into a region of space called the photon band. And I think most people listening to this broadcaster would be familiar with that idea.
2: What it is, it's
1: a vertical line of energy, uh, vertical to the plane of our solar system, that uh, loops all the way back into the galactic center like a big magnetic band. And there's actually a number of them around the galaxy, uh, that together, I suppose, form like a circular torus field, but the actual lines of energy uh, are represent uh, regions of space that are highly charged with electrical energy. They're like, it's a region of charged particles. And it was first noticed in the 1960s uh, in, in Flagstaff at the, uh, at the uh, telescope down there, where they saw this region of space off in the distance that, the lights were on. It was just much more lit up and, and charged. And, and they knew at that time that we were headed straight for it. So entering that field of charged particles is another element that is activating us on a very fundamental energetic level and is contributing to this process we're in right now. Added to that, uh, our entire solar system, of course, crossed and, and is crossing the galactic plane. If you think of the galaxy as a, as a disc, again, or a wheel, our solar system goes around in a circle, uh, takes a long time, mind you, over 200 million years to do so. We go around in a circle around the center of the galaxy, but we move up and down across that center line, across that plane, every 60 million years. It's kind of like a warped record, if you could imagine a warped record at the edge of that. That's how our Our movement around the galaxy appears well when we when we cross from one side of the galaxy to the other we are actually crossing uh, the polarity of the galaxy itself which like all electrical systems in the universe has a positive and a negative charge so we've been on the positively charged side of the of the galaxy For 60 million years or so, and in and around 2012 and continuing to happen today, we've crossed into the negative side. Now, electrically, negative is good, and I know that's confusing because our language (laughs) doesn't necessarily agree, but positive charge is yang energy, and we've had 60 million years, if not more, of excess yang energy in this solar system, definitely on this planet. We've had the the male energy just out of balance and going crazy, because it's missing. It's it's um, pining, you might say, for to reconnect with that feminine energy. Well, crossing the galactic center line as we have is our revisiting the feminine. Okay, so we are now going into the negatively charged side of the galaxy which is the yin energy, which is what has been missing, why we haven't been able to find peace, why we haven't been able to find contentment uh, with that yang energy. So it's all beautifully illustrative, you know, like a giant hologram. No matter what level of the scale you look, you see this, this same pattern of, of return and joining. Um, and, of course, uh, the return of Planet X or Nibiru every 3,600 years, there's another factor that's at work right now. And in the past, that has also spelt, uh, you know, tremendous changes sociologically, electrically, uh, even geophysically on there. Well, all these things are happening now, and they're all happening at once. So I'm surprised that the Schumann wave hasn't gone even crazier when you think about <laughs> these uh, perfect storm elements. But, you know, again, remember that nothing is happening to us. It's all happening from us. So, in other words, think of all of these events and think of the universe itself as our movie. And it's playing out according to the projector within our minds, not the other way around. You see, mind is primary to matter. And our yang science has been trying to convince us that matter came first and mind evolved out of that. Well, like most things in this world, we have it completely backwards. Mind came first, matter was the result. And so if we return to the mind at the level of cause, we can gain mastery over the material realms and over ourselves as well. So I just wanted to mention that, uh, you know, around the Schumann wave because, you know, sometimes it's a mystery and this isn't the kind of news you'd necessarily hear on CNN, but the information is out there. Like I said earlier, you can only see one frame at a time of a vastly complex uh, moving system. But the more little pictures we get of what's going on, they can kind of begin to come together like a mosaic and you start to see a bigger picture. This is why for myself personally, I've never wanted to become an expert in anything because I felt that specialization excluded too much. Uh, and I prefer just to be a generalist, just to get the general idea. Uh, it's like when my wife says, I'm, I'm reading a new book, and she'll say, well, I don't really want to read that book, but will you give me the cliff notes, right? <laughs> so uh, I think that's all we really need. You know, if we just get the cliff notes of these uh, phenomena, we can still maintain the perspective and step back from all of this information and see that there's a bigger picture and and that's one thing I've learned is that there's always 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 a bigger picture
0: mhm and and you speak so well to all of it and so, you know, this is, this is what you do. You are an expert, Dave, on the work that you do. It is quite fascinating. So let's, we're gonna go into an interactive mode with our audience now so that they can experience your quantum energy generator, uh, the work that you do with that. I love that title. It is totally true. I do wanna say that, uh, your work is Really getting out there, you and Arena in the teachings that you bring forward on this, it's a, it's a new field. And so the experiences that people are having are new, and we need to get them documented as much as possible. And I know you've got that. Some of the good uh, accolades coming in come from, my goodness, people who are in the medical field, who are in alternative health systems. Like uh, chiropractors and acupuncturists, and that's what I love because it's a it's like it's a modality that people can use to just verify or validate mm-hmm. what it is they know as well, and again, it's tapping into this mind, this deeper level of mind, this quantum mind, mm-hmm.
1: yeah, you're right. it is a perfect adjunct to whatever healing modality folks are working with and uh, again can only add another dimension of information and effectiveness.
0: Mm-hmm. Wonderful tool for people who are healers or not even who are, you know, looking for something to do, looking for extra tools to use in their life. I really love that about this program. Okay, so our listeners who are on the phone, if you would like to interact with Dave, he is ready for you. You can hit star two. Dave, tell us about what what you're going to do with someone. Do they ask a question
1: uh, yeah, like I, uh, obviously, they just gonna, they're going to have something on their mind. And uh, then we're going to go in and ask a few questions. I'm going to use the pendulum to answer some questions to really dig down as quickly as possible to the level of cause in the mind. In other words, discover where did this pattern start and when as well. This is a very critical factor in discovering the cause of issues in the mind uh, mm-hmm. is when did that pattern start? The the thinking mind has a strong investment in the belief in time, Uh, although the the quantum mind doesn't believe in it at all. (laughs) So uh, we play along with the mind uh, in in its belief in time. And if we can locate when a pattern started, let's say somebody has uh, a sore shoulder, for example. And what we discover in our investigation is it goes back to uh, an injury at at an early age, like, say, age three, they fell off their tricycle. So we, uh, go back in our, in our minds to that memory and we, we change the situation. We, we change the picture. We change the memory of that situation so that the body in the present time no longer has to reflect that memory. But if we didn't find the time where it started, the mind might assume, well, it's, I've always had this sore shoulder and nothing can fix it. I've been to everybody and, and nobody can change it. But once the mind goes, oh, really, that's where it started, it can actually imagine the end of a thing. In other words, it's hard to, for us, our minds, to imagine the end of a thing until it can remember the
0: start of a thing. Okay, so now that you've said that, can you clarify? We have a question from Dawn who would like to know, the quantum mind, how does that compare to spirits?
1: well in the way that i'm conceiving of it it's one and the same mind uh, belongs to spirit so the mind this this you could say that this quantum mind the one mind is the creation
2: creator
1: is beyond thought conception is completely abstract that's why we have so many arguments and when we try to describe who god is and, and it's not even spoken of in polite company because nobody can agree Because it's abstract it's beyond concepts but what creator did create was this creative mind and so we're really talking about spirit when we talk about mind
0: in this context beautiful okay so let's go to our phone line you can ask a question to dave regarding anything health finances relationships Anything that you wish. All right. Let's go to Saginaw, Michigan. 1685 is the last digits of the phone number. And Hello. Hi. What's your name, please? My name's Mary. Hi, Mary. Hi. Hi, Mary.
3: Um, hi Dave. I I wanted to ask about a physical issue. Um, I have a lot of veins and um, just, like, big spots of bluish-purple areas um, on my legs and my ankles. And I would say they started around in my 40s to really show up um, more and more. And now I'm 60, and they keep coming, and I don't know what it's from.
2: Does that sound right?
0: Uh, say that again, uh, Dave. Dave. Sorry, Dave. Sorry. It sounds like a
1: weakness, just weakness in the vessels, weakness in the blood vessels.
3: Well, I've I've heard that that's that's one of the the reasons that I've been given is that
1: uh-huh. I think uh-huh. weak,
3: weak valves or something. So. Okay.
1: Okay. Uh, well, let's uh, investigate that because again, uh, our understanding is that the body is a printout of the mind. That's actually a quote from okay. Deepak Chopra, by the way. Uh, that there's okay. nothing that happens physically that did not have an origin on some level with the mind. So I'm just going to ask a few questions here with the pendulum in front of me. And I'm going to ask, is the root cause of this uh vascular issue physical? I'm getting a no. Is it mental? Getting a no. Is it emotional? I'm actually getting a yes on that. And. Ah. Emotion in the sense that we use the word is simply the, belief, uh, the the memory of a feeling that ordinarily would have come and gone because that's how feelings, they, they, they work, they come and they go. But it's a feeling we captured with thought. We gave it meaning, we gave it interpretation, and it stuck with us. That's what we're talking about when we say emotion. Okay. It's really a stuck emotional energy. And I'm going to ask if this emotional energy charge, we'll call it, had an origin in time. Yes, it did. This life, yes. And it looks like you're playing out – your your body is, is demonstrating an emotional memory from age eight. So uh, what we'll do now is we'll go into the active phase, and we're going to create a spin. I'm creating a left spin vortex now with my little pendulum. And uh, – we're simply going to go back with your uh, permission and, uh, and mm-hmm. with our higher selves, our joined higher selves now overseeing the process, to go back into your deepest memories of this emotion from age eight, wherever it is you're holding it in your field, in your body, and we simply ask to dissolve those thoughts, those impressions, those beliefs, those defenses that you took on at that time to protect yourself from the threatening feelings that were going on, At that time, we acknowledge that at age eight, you were doing your very best, you know, to survive that situation. And this is in no way a criticism of those thoughts. But we also recognize that those thoughts were probably based on some notion of guilt, which we now understand has no basis in reality. And therefore, we simply choose to let them go.
2: Upon the dissolving
1: of those interpretations and meanings you gave the situation, We ask that the feeling state just pass through you now in that new memory, in that new memory of that experience, without any need to form an opinion or an attachment to it whatsoever, thus freeing you physically, mentally, emotionally, and energetically of all effects and outcomes of the original emotional memory charge, allowing the body now to heal itself, as it does very well, upon the release of this emotional resistance pattern. And we're going to hold that intention now, because when I do create the spin, I start it obviously with a, uh, a conscious intent, but then I let go of how long that needs to spin. It's in, in other words, the spin is being uh, controlled from that deeper level of mind. we call it the superconscious. And as long as the spin is spinning, which it is right now, as I'm speaking, uh, the work is being done. So we simply uh, are patient and wait for it to, oh, there it goes, there it goes, just stopped. So you may find that other things in your life uh, that relate back to that time uh, are also going to show up differently in your experience, in your mind now, because typically there are many, with these types of emotional memories, there are usually many uh, messages that uh, that in the way that part of ourselves is trying to give us to remember this, right? So, uh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Hope
3: that works for you. Wow. Well, thank you so much. Yeah. I've really enjoyed the conversation. It's really interesting. Thank you again. Okay. And thank you, Lauren. Thank,
0: thank you, you, Mary. So, that resonates with you then, huh?
3: Yes. Yes, it does. So, I, uh... I'm very grateful for that experience.
0: Thank I'll you. I'll let you
3: know what happens if I feel anything great. else later. <laughs> sure enough.
0: Yeah, it is fascinating. Okay, it is so fun to see you work because you really do nail it, and it's it's very, very interesting. Okay, let's go to uh, Canada, Fredericton, Canada. It looks like Claire is on the call.
4: Hi, this is Claire. Thank you for uh, for taking my call. I'm thrilled. I have a question. I have uh, a disease visiting me, which I always like to say is just visiting, and it's called dystonia, and uh, it means I'm shaking my. I can't hold my head up. My eyes are blinking, and a variety of other um, other symptoms. And I'm wondering if you could look into that.
1: Sure, fellow Canadian Claire.
4: Hi. <laughs> how How's how she going?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful, eh? So uh, we, we basically do the same thing. You know, we, we recognize that these are symptoms of a deeper cause and that the mind is ultimately the level of cause. Uh, and I'm going to ask uh, if is the cause of this dystonia, which, uh, again, uh, I'm not a medical doctor. I don't actually even prescribe uh, to or, or subscribe to diagnoses. But nevertheless, that's how we operate in the physical world. Uh, But I'm going to ask if the um, cause of this issue is physical itself. No. Is it mental? No. Is it emotional? No. Uh, Is it energetic? Yes. So when we get a yes on energetic, of course, that's a pretty broad sweep. You know, it's pretty well everything is energetic. We try and narrow it down according to uh, the nine-dimensional model, which, again, uh, we inherited from uh, Barbara Clow's work. So there's something in the sixth dimension that is out of balance uh with the dystonia the sixth dimension is is fairly abstract but it's the dimension of blueprints uh or templates or manifestation so as you go up into the dimensions the higher dimensions are the creative energies of sound and light and then they filter through the blueprints in the sixth dimension to gather form to gather information as to how to manifest in the denser dimensions that's why we call the sixth dimension the the dimension of blueprints templates or also known as sacred geometry by the way so there's something out of balance there's a weakness in uh, one of your blueprints so the physical body doesn't have the information it needs to recover from whatever triggered this situation or it can't remember wholeness in that area because the blueprint is is distorted or missing so I'm going to ask is this a blueprint for the for the physical manifestation of the body, yes. It is—is is it the blueprint for the nervous system itself? Getting a yes on that. Anything else? No. So basically, it's your nervous system blueprint, which is in a yin or deficiency state. It's actually only like 20% available. So it's kind of like trying to—your your nervous system is trying to struggle along with very little information as to how to remember wholeness. Let's ask if this distortion had a beginning in time, however, and I'm getting a yes. Would it be this life? No. A parallel life? Yes. Now, we used to call these past lives, but past makes time real. Uh, We actually are experiencing everything all at once because this universe happened all at once, and time is just another belief in separation. So I prefer the term parallel lives. And also when we think of these uh, parallel lives as being very close to us energetically, it's much more conceivable that we could, uh, you know, communicate with it and access it. It's not so far away, in other words. So we're talking about a parallel life issue that in time we would describe as 445 A.D., okay? So there was some kind of a trauma, 445 A.D., which is fascinating to me, by the way, because this is a date that comes up for a lot of other people, too, in many different contexts. So there's something going on in the collective field right now around the clearing of 445 AD. Uh, and uh, you're one of the few that's going to come forward consciously and clear it for yourself, but in effect, also offering this as, as a gift to the collective who are also resonating with that time, with that trauma. So I'm going to ask if the trauma, 445 AD, was indeed a physical trauma. Yes. And did it involve damage to your nervous system? Yes. Was uh, was it a mental, emotional, or was it physical trauma in 445 AD? So when the trauma is uh, intense enough, let's say, it actually resonates up into the higher dimensions and can affect the blueprint. The minor traumas, you know, the minor aches and pains and stuff, we process uh um, basically in the denser dimensions, but these real doozies of trauma can often resonate up and affect the higher dimensions, the blueprints. So do we have enough information? Yes. I'm going to call on some assistance here because when it comes to clearing the sixth dimension, uh, it, it helps to have the help of some higher dimensional beings who operate in those realms. We're going to call in a group of archangels who know themselves as the spirit doctors. This group was introduced again through my work with Raymond Grace. We're going to ask the spirit doctors to revisit your memory now of 445 AD, and particularly the memory of trauma, perhaps at the end of that life for that matter, and release you in your memory now of all thoughts, images, sensations, uh, explanations, identifications, attachments, meanings, and defenses that you gave yourself at that time Around the experience of physical trauma and releasing the actual experience of the trauma itself from your physical body releasing the nervous system from the shock and from the uh, literally the electrical trauma of that event releasing your physical form now of the effects of that traumatic event and all triggers involved and enable you in that situation in a sense to sidestep the experience and remember peace. In that situation, thus releasing you in 445 AD of the need to bring that trauma memory with you. And we also ask the spirit doctors to come into that memory now, 445 AD, correct and address any distortions or aberrations in the blueprint for your nervous system as affected by this former memory. Repairing, adjusting, recovering, and restoring that blueprint now to 100% viability with its ideal form, function, and purpose, enabling you now to transition from that timeline in a state of grace, in a state of peace, and complete release from all experiences and memories of physical trauma, thereby adjusting all intersecting timelines uh, that would be all the lifetimes you've lived that were affected by that experience now, to no longer, including present, to no longer reflect the memory or knowledge of that event as originally interpreted, but that you will be completely free in all timelines, including present time, of all effects, outcomes, echoes, and shadows, including this present condition in the nervous system. Holding that intention now. And while we wait for the spin to stop, we can participate in the process by focusing on the breath and on the out breath giving permission for the release of these deep memories and levels of cause that, for whatever reason, may have served us on some level but no longer do, and on the in-breath, stepping into our natural state, which is grace, ease, perfect health, perfect freedom, invulnerability, and
2: immortality,
1: reclaiming what was never truly lost and has always been ours. So, out with the out-breath and expanding into the in-breath. And I'll let you know as soon as the spin stops. There's no rushing the spirit, doctors. Now, as this clears, we also offer this clearing for you as a gift to the collective of humanity at this time and particularly those who may be resonating with the collective trauma memory of 445 AD, thereby speeding up and facilitating the healing of the collective mind of humanity at this time and releasing all of those held by their memories of trauma in that time, again, to grace, joy, freedom, light, and innocence. And maybe that's the whole reason why you had this whole issue, so that you could play this critical part in the healing of the collective. Who knows? And there we go. Just completed. How's that feel?
4: Well, I just have to say that I am so happy that when this disease stops visiting me and when it's healed, in this moment I hope that other people will be helped as well. Beautiful. That is so, so profound and that That makes me so happy Yes. and it's, it's feeling good. I imagine, I don't know if it takes a bit of time, probably, but I I really uh, am deeply grateful to you. I knew it was a past trauma. However, I thought it was in the 1300s, but I guess it went way, way back. So thank you.
1: That could have been an echo point and I'm getting that in three hours, you actually should notice some tangible changes.
4: Oh, thanks so much. It's uh, it, it will be uh, indeed wonderful. And thank you for your beautiful work. You're
0: welcome. Thanks for being here.
4: And Lauren, Lauren, thank you for taking my call. This is great.
0: Oh, thank you, Claire. Thank you for your, your uh, question and blessings. Beautiful. Blessings
4: to, you. blessings to both of you and to everyone else.
0: Thank you. Bye. I find it fascinating that uh, the 445 A.D. comes up a lot for you lately, like a uh-huh. bunch of people that you're working with have that. And so uh-huh. that's a number. You're not just pulling that out of a hat. You're you're actually the douse is actually giving you that number. Uh-huh. The, uh-huh. the pendulum uh-huh. is actually giving you that number. All right. Yeah. It's interesting. That was a pre-Julian uh, Caesar time. So it was in the Roman era and it could have even been elsewhere. So this is fascinating that these past lives are still here affecting us. Oh, yeah.
2: and You
1: know, uh, history sort of uh, evolves in waves, and that time was actually at the peak of the fall of the Roman Empire, and the little research I've done into 445 AD, it had to do with some kind of collective trauma uh, in the southern end of the Nile. Egypt was part of the Roman Empire at that time. And when Rome fell, of course, all the people who had been displaced violently took back their homes. And uh, so there was a huge amount of conflict uh, in the world at that
0: time. Mm. Okay, that is very interesting. All right, well, you're helping to put some conscious mind on that and clear it. So... Mm-hmm. You do personal sessions with people, and we're getting a taste of this. I mean, gosh, in just a few minutes, you're able to Mm -hmm. clearly identify one problem. You, in your special offer, have personal sessions uh, as well for 45 minutes. Tell us Mm -hmm. what goes on in a session of that length. Well,
1: I do a little bit of homework uh, before getting on the call, tuning in to the person, uh, referring to some of our charts and lists to see, you know, what's up for that person uh, and get a bit of an idea of where we need to go. And then, of course, uh, what my experience has taught me is that whatever that information is, it always seems to line up perfectly with the situation or the problems that people are working. It seems to be uh, already giving the answer to those things. And so, but I hear from people what their concerns and issues are. And we just go systematically through the clearings. In about 45 minutes, we're probably able to do, you know, at least half a dozen, if not more, issues uh, and bring them to, you know, to completion uh, to some degree. Uh, and uh, that seems to be a, a formula or a pattern that works well and makes good use of the time as well.
0: It is very interesting. I know I've had sessions with uh, your beautiful, beloved, Irina, and we've done things together with you. And you guys have identified the whole gamut. I mean, Pleiadian heritage or even how EMF fields are affecting us or not, it really Mm -hmm. is a very wide breadth of information that is from the quantum field. It is from the quantum mind and it is just fascinating
1: Mm -hmm. unlimited really
0: unlimited Unlimited. absolutely okay and that's how it gets quantum so Mm -hmm. we have time for a few more maybe one or two more callers i do want to give you a moment to talk about the for those who want to make this part of their healing practice uh, one of their modalities, or even starting new and fresh, you have a training course for that as well. Share uh-huh. with us about that. That would be option three on your special offer. Okay. Yeah.
1: Uh, well, tell me what it is exactly. I don't have it right in front of me.
0: Oh, this is the beautiful training course. It's all on video. This is over two weekends. so. Oh, right, right. Mm-hmm. Sure. And that was filmed in Boulder here in Colorado.
1: Yeah. We did actually uh, over two weekends do what we call a level one and a level two course. And uh, it's, it's a live class. Uh, you get to see the interaction with the students and
2: uh,
1: uh, we take people really from ground zero assuming that nobody has any uh, uh, experience in this area. And after the two weeks, getting them up to speed to be able to actually do professional level sessions on their own. Uh, but it's always a time of, of interesting uh, exploration. And, you know, you never really know what's going to come up. So it's a lot of playfulness in, in that class. And the beauty of the recorded class, of course, is that it's it's yours forever. As long as we have the Internet, it's yours. There's no limit on uh, time limit on that. And you can go back and revisit any of the sections that you need to just re- by replaying the, the video clips so you can, if it really is your heart's desire to learn this method and you don't want to travel and you want to do so on your own schedule, it really is an ideal opportunity. We also provide all of the printed materials and lists and charts and things that uh, that the students are using in the in the actual video, so you can you can play along. You know, you can be in your virtual classroom as you watch the videos, and you can do the exercises, and you can have a hands-on experience
0: as well. Okay, beautiful. And we kind of went out of order here, but you also have uh, option one, which is uh-huh. the more of the basic teachings that you offer as well for those who kind of just want to get a little bit more information and and experiment around with it. And those Uh are uh, some on-demand videos uh, with you, yourself. There's seven of those.
1: Yes, yes. Those are all, uh, again, specialized topics. They're not in front of a live class necessarily, Uh, although some were delivered as online classes. And, uh, yeah, there are classes for uh, people that are just, you know, dipping their toe into this for the first time, uh, getting up and running, feeling confident, and then some of the basic principles and clearings. Uh, I think I also added to that set a recent uh, group of three programs on the three stages of spiritual growth, which can be very helpful in understanding not only where we are at but also our friends, our family, and our clients, and help to see that World are all in the, in the perfect place where we need to be. Uh, but that is a stage theory of spiritual growth that I think is very practical and helpful as well.
0: Thank you for that. Beautiful, special offer there available on the link on this web page. Great. Thank you for that. We so appreciate that. Really a great package for those to use this um, in various ways in their life and even professionally. Beautiful mm-hmm. work. Okay, let's go back to a caller. Um, there's more than we can get to, so I apologize, but we're going to go to Santa Monica, California. 6525 is the last number, of so your phone number. Hi, what's your name, please? Hi, my name is Arati. Arati?
3: And, um, Arati, um, I'm going on a trip tomorrow, and I'm not feeling 100% well. So I wonder <laughs> if I could be helped with that. I have. Um, yeah.
4: Is that good enough or do you want more info?
1: No, that's fine. Uh, yeah. Physically, your energy is pretty low right now. Uh, mentally yeah. and emotionally, you're at the top of your game, but there is definitely something physical and the, the probability of that trip being enjoyable, uh, in that case is like a zero. So, uh, if it's at all possible, uh, you may want to change your plans. But let's, because we have you on the line here, let's look perhaps at the cause of that feeling and see if we can't yeah. give it some yeah. attention because uh, it's no mistake you're, you're, you're uh, on this call right now. I'm going to ask if this physical feeling, this, this feeling of, of depressed illness, is it physically caused? No. Is it mentally caused? No. Emotionally, no. Energetically, it's something energetically going on. And it actually has to do uh, with what we call the fourth dimension the fourth dimension uh, is uh, has also been described as the the astral plane, uh, the mental plane. Uh, in some traditions, they call it the spiritual plane, but it's not because it's necessarily the the, the abode of the high spirits like the ascended masters and the angels, uh, archangels. It's it's often the, the the realm or the domain of teachers, but also of disincarnate souls, souls that are not necessarily having a good time. So you're under some kind of a fourth-dimensional influence right now. You do have a strong team of spirit guides, however, that work for you yes. in this yes. fourth dimension. So let's put them to work right now. We're going to call on your spirit guides. I'm starting this with a left spin for, for a release. We're going to call on your astral or fourth-dimensional spirit guides to come into this moment scanning your energy field, your physical body, your immediate surroundings, uh, the land, the property, the building, all life forms within that uh, immediate surroundings, and simply release you now of any lower astral energies, entities, thought forms, frequencies, vibrations, psychic cords, disincarnate entities of the human or non-human variety, releasing the land of any um, earthbound spirits that may be trying to get your attention and basically clean up the entire fourth dimensional aspect of your energy field, releasing these energies onto their own path of ultimate healing and return to wholeness, reversing and releasing all ill effects on the body, on the mind, uh, uh, on your energy and in your environment Releasing these causes of the discomfort in the body now and giving the body permission to recover, perhaps in time for you to feel good enough to make that trip. Reversing all ill effects of the presence of these energies, uh, again, physically, mentally, emotionally, and energetically. And filling the voids now in your field and in your body and in your, in your environment with generous levels of fifth dimensional light, restoring wholeness, joy healing, love, and freedom to all aspects of yourself. So let's hold that intention now. On the out-breath, just letting all these things go. (sighs) There you go. (laughs) And on the in-breath, expanding into a greater and greater sense of relaxation and wellness. (sighs) And there we go.
4: How's that feel? Good. I feel a bit better. Yeah. I feel a bit strong.
1: Yeah, your energy has come up from, your physical energy has come up from 10% to 30%. Uh, in three hours, it should be back. So maybe don't make a decision right away. See how you're feeling in uh-huh. about three hours. Yeah.
4: Good. I'm not going today, I'm going tomorrow, so. Oh, fine. well, you
1: got time to figure that out then.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Thanks so much I for having
1: Sure, I love it in Santa Monica, by the way. We've done a lot of teaching down there, and, uh, yeah, I just love that area, especially in the spring when the flowers come out.
4: Yeah, it's been a beautiful spring because we had a lot of rain.
1: Ah, uh, sure, sure. Yeah, great. Okay, happy trails.
0: Yes. Happy trails. Beautiful, G. Enjoy your trip and let us know how this works for you. Fascinating. Thanks. Okay. It is so cool. And I want to remind our listeners, if they could see you, Dave, what you're doing with the pendulum is really fascinating. And again, that is really the quantum tool. That is allowing you to be so super psychic, and that is the bridge between you and the quantum mind. So it's mm, cool. hmm I call mm. it
1: my I call it my fifteen dollar time machine.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, we have time for one more caller. Let's go to um, Boca Raton, Florida. Hello. Hi. What's your name, please. Hi.
5: Hi. My name is Hi Lauren. My name is Martine. Thank you for taking my call. Hi, hi Martine. Martine. Hi. Um, I have a guide uh, for like uh ten years, and I have like a, I didn't want to oper- operate on it because I believe that I receive messages like letting me know not to. But it's still there, and I still I'm I still wonder if I can get help with that. Um, Sure, sure. Well, I am
1: getting that the root cause is emotional.
5: Emotional.
1: uh, Yeah, it's from age seven uh, in this life. And anything that affects the thyroid, uh, the emotion anyway, uh, as far as, uh, you know, the connection between the thyroid and emotion, is a sense of overgiving but under-receiving. And Mm -hmm. at a very yeah at a young age, sometimes we we pick that up from our our elders, our you know people around us because they yeah. are also especially the women, they're also caught up in that. It seems to be something that our society almost mm-hmm. expects of women. Uh, but nevertheless, uh, we also can be um, uh, holding on to a defense. Let's say there was a trauma uh, and you decided, okay, the best way to protect myself in the future. From having this trauma again, is it's gonna? I'm gonna make it my job to keep everybody around me happy. I'm gonna be work. I'm gonna work extra hard to make sure everybody's happy, so that I don't have to have this experience again. And oh, that's, that's the energy that depresses the thyroid. Oh uh, my and, god. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's that feeling of give, give, give. But hey, when is it my turn? Right.
5: Yes, I can relate. Um, I can relate to that.
1: (laughs) Yeah, so we want to let that go, and we want to let it go at the the beginning of it so that your Mm -hmm. thyroid, it's almost Mm -hmm. like creating a new timeline from age seven forward so that your thyroid doesn't have to carry the burden of that false, it's really a false responsibility we take on. Because sooner Mm -hmm. or later, we find out we can't keep everybody happy. It's an impossible task. And we end up resenting them because they don't appreciate all our (laughs) (laughs) efforts.
5: They don't even appreciate you. (laughs) Yes. So
1: we dig ourselves into a hole, right? So let's go back. I'm starting the process with a left spin now. Let's go back to your deepest memories of age seven. Wherever it is that you're holding the memory of the defense of taking on the false responsibility of making sure everybody's happy, everybody is in a good mood so that you can be safe. And we release you of that false responsibility. We release you to the recognition that it's not your job to make everybody happy. And as a matter of fact, you can't anyway. So it's it's it, there's no point. And we free you in that situation to make a new choice of keeping yourself safe, and taking care of yourself, not from a place of selfishness, but from a place of self-love and respect. Mm-hmm. And as you change your mind at age seven about how you deal with that situation, and as you let go of the false responsibility of making everybody happy, we release the physical body of the need to express that over-giving, under-receiving through distortions or situations, conditions with the thyroid. We ask to adjust the timeline now of this life from age seven forward to no longer carry the memory or knowledge of that original decision, thus releasing you physically, mentally, emotionally, and energetically of all outcomes, effects, results, echoes, and shadows of that original interpretation. Releasing your body now to self-heal, to remember wholeness in the area of the thyroid and to begin to, again, return to its natural state of perfect health.
5: Yes, amen to that. Yes,
1: so we hold that intent, staying with that, saying to that little girl, it's okay, you don't have to take care of everybody, just take care of you because you are worthy. You are worthy to be loved. And it's almost like you're your your own big sister. You're going back now and saying to that part of yourself, don't worry, I love you, and I always will. Yeah.
5: Yes. Yes. Yeah. Oh, Thank you so much, Dave. I really appreciate yeah. your help.
1: You bet. Okay, that's completed for now.
5: Thank you so much.
2: Yeah.
0: You're welcome, thank you, Martine. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Yes, again, so amazing that these experiences of the mind create the beliefs that set up these patterns. And as you said earlier, they're literally a prison sentence for us Mm -hmm. until we can overcome them. Mm -hmm. So Dave, as we, as we wrap up our call today and we talk about this ascension process, Really, these are the issues that we have to clear and overcome, and and it's different for everyone. Would you like Mm -hmm. to add anything about this whole process? Yeah, sure.
1: Again, in the new energy that we're in, uh, we actually left the old time wave in 2012, but the new time wave has not yet fully arrived. So we're in a period of adjustment called the time of no time. And this is a time to really recognize and let go of where we're still holding on to the past, where we're still living out the decisions and dramas of the old timeline. And nobody is forcing us to stay there. No one is saying you have to, you know, stay there in that old energy. But if we don't recognize it, if we don't know where uh, it came from or, or, or it, you know, very often our symptoms are that part of ourselves trying to get our attention then it becomes very difficult and almost painful to move into the new energy. Uh, I think ultimately we all make it, uh, and this energy will burn away what we don't voluntarily let go, but uh, not necessarily uh, comfortably. So doing this work, it's almost like uh, we're saving time, reducing suffering, and we're also activating that conscious connection with the power of the mind that we're coming into collective awareness of. So it's nobody's uh, forcing us to do this. We have a choice always. We can coast along with things as they are, but know that sooner or later that past is going to be burned up. So why not get ahead of the game? Why not be proactive and in the meantime feel better, save time, and perhaps even shed a light on those around us who could also be uh, letting go of the past in the same way. So it's just a wonderful opportunity, I think, to uh, move with the energies rather than resist them.
0: Beautifully said. Yes, in this time of no time, we don't have to play by the old rules. I know so many listening are really truly ready to embrace who they are and to create from the heart new systems and new ways and I thank you for bringing forth this very cool modality that people can use in any way they wish. It really is quite fascinating. It is truly owning our consciousness and stepping into the quantum field. Thank you so much. Uh, as oh, we say goodbye, okay. any last words?
1: Well, I just thank you for all of your work and effort in this area and for also inviting me onto this program. It's been highly enjoyable. You know, I love to talk about this stuff with people who are who are open to hearing it. So thanks you so much for this this opportunity.
0: Well, keep up the good work and all of the beautiful lessons that you teach people and expanding the world's consciousness on this ascension process. Dave Cowan, thank you, thank you, thank you for being here on Quantum Conversations. Bye for now. Bye for now. Namaste. Mm -hmm. And now it is time to dance our way to the cosmic heart. Here is Stevie Allen with this beautiful closing music
5: birds flying high you know how I feel Mm New Dragonfly out in the sun You know what I mean Don't you know Butterflies all having fun
0: intentions as they go across the universe to the cosmic heart I'd like to thank my wonderful team at AcousticHealth.com Heidi, Tony Tom, Pam Suzanne and Garner who assist with the production of Quantum Conversations online healing retreats and more and thank you too for listening if you've enjoyed this program Please share it with your friends and loved ones. And we thank you for shining your magnificent light and adding it to the world. This is when we love ourselves like no one else can. We leave you now with music from the universe. Music literally created by the universe as musical notes
3: The conference is now completed. Goodbye.